Hi everyone, welcome to Hubshots episode 18 on the 1st of February 2016. How are you Craig? I'm well, Ian, how are you? Very good. Looking forward to an excellent episode on SEO. Yes, so SEO. Dear what is heart. SEO? I know, dear to my heart. Look, I think it's a really interesting topic. I'll, I'll just quickly give you what I think the definition is these days. Yep. And then through the episode, we're going to go through a whole bunch of excellent. cool resources and opinions and things like that. But I think the benefit of just this little definition, I don't know if it's my definition or where I read it, but it's basically remarkable content promoted well. That's what I think of when I think of SEO, remarkable content promoted well. And we're going to go through, I guess, some of the characteristics of those things. Yeah. So this episode is really going to be focused on dispelling some of the myths around SEO and providing trends, updates, and things that you can actually practically do to make a difference on your website. Yeah, I think it's really important too because it's timely, right? And we should do one of these episodes every, I don't know, six months yeah, or at absolutely. least every year. We should do one where it's just focused on SEO because it changes so often. And I really like the opinion of the week post that we're going to look at in, in a couple of minutes' time. It's really interesting how SEO is changing. Yeah, so on to shot one, which is our inbound thought of the week. Now, Craig, we had a bit of a challenge a while back about finding things on inbound.com that we hadn't been to at inbound, right? That's right. Neither of us saw this presentation at inbound, but it's a really good one. Yes, it's a great one. And this is how to use media relations to drive SEO. And this is by Jeannie Dietrich. Watch the YouTube video that's embedded and look at the slide share. It's quite in-depth. But again, this is one of those things where it kind of matches old school with new school and PR has been done and we do a lot of PR in our agency. And sometimes people just can't marry the two together. And I think the guys that can actually do the two in harmony will win all the way. So have a look. It's a bit outside of our sphere that we usually discuss it, but I think it'll be a great resource for you. Yeah, good one. I'm actually looking forward to watching that as well. Yeah, plenty so to think about. action is read it, take away one thing and go implement it. All right, so... HubSpot feature and tip of the week, Craig. I think this is really interesting because when you first hear it, you'll think, what's this got to do with SEO, right? And, yes. you know, we're talking about SEO, but it actually fits in quite well because the, the feature that uh, HubSpot have just announced, by the way, they've announced something new. Yes, I'm they that, You know, in the last couple of weeks, they've been saying, hey, what are they doing? You know, where's it? They the just holiday? came back from holidays. Yeah, that's right. They had a... Had a nice holiday break. But yeah, the, what this one is, I just released today, I think, maybe. Yeah, the last 24 hours. Yeah, it's great. So basically, in their smart content, when you're preparing HubSpot landing pages or HubSpot site pages, you can have smart content. And previously, you've been able to choose things like geography or referral source. Now you can actually choose language. That's right. Of the browser that the visitor is using and switch out content based on their language preference. Yeah, and you know what? Supports over 130 languages. So they, I think they said Chrome, Firefox, whatever the supported language is. I noticed that. IE wasn't in there. Yes. Which is, yeah. Or Safari, which I thought was interesting. I'd have to test which that. Is, yeah. yeah, so we should actually test that. But we did a quick test while we were talking about this. Yeah, so, I try, I, it definitely works in Chrome. So, that's so nice. I mean, I what I took away from this was like, especially in our market in Australia, right? We have a lot of agent speaking people that companies might deal with. So I'll give you an example. We had a someone who was selling property who came one day and said, I think I need a Chinese version of my site. Do you really need a Chinese version? So here's a way that you could actually use this new functionality to test and see are the Chinese responding. So have a CTA or a call to action that's actually Chinese specific, right? Which you can catch. Isn't that a great 
Well, this is one of the things that I love, test and measure. Have you heard me say that before? <laughs> test and measure, right? So before you build this whole other site in another language, yes. just test some of these elements. It's really easy to test with this new feature. Yep. And by the way, we should mention it's not the whole site. So it's just the smart content. So if you're hoping this would switch out menus and things like that, it doesn't do that, No. unfortunately. That would be, actually, that would be Christmas. That would have been Christmas. Christmas. But no, so it's just testing, as you say, a call to action or some content. You could have most of the page content in another yep. language, test it, and let that drive your decisions. Well, there's nothing data. stopping you from having that smart CTA call a different landing page that's specific to that well, language, isn't it? Why does this relate to SEO? Because it's on first thoughts, you might say, well, that's not SEO. And it's not, actually. But... How does this relate to SEO? Well, a key part of SEO these days is, is engagement, engagement on the site, right? So Google, although they're, although they're not always perfect, what they're trying to do is give the best experience for the visitor as possible. <clears throat> and so engagement metrics like how long they stay on the site, how many yep. pages they visit are starting to be filter up into being more of the ranking factors. So yes, if you give that, that great of... experience, you're likely to rank better. Sorry, yeah, I can't so, off you. No, it was like, remember we talked about smart goals last week? Yes. It all ties in, doesn't it? It does. It does. So that's our, yeah, that's the HubSpot feature of the week. I, I really like this one. All right. Challenge of the week, Craig, shot number three. Okay. Well, speaking of SEO, this is a great one that you've highlighted. Yes. You know what? Not knowing where to start with SEO. So often people will come to us and say, well, look, I don't know where to start. This all seems a bit too complicated. I just want to pay money to someone to sort it out. You know how I often see this is marketing managers. They come and they say, look, we've, we want to rank for this insert highly yes. competitive term. And then it's like, well, why? Well, my boss says this or the general it's manager. It's funny that, isn't it? This. It's yeah. like people want to rank for stuff that they don't know anyone's actually searching for. Right. Or so, it's just not realistic. That's exactly right. So a very common thing that we hear is that you want to be found for a particular term. And so you tell us you want that. But we often will ask people, well, do you know that it actually brings the right kind of traffic to your site? And does that traffic convert into business? Or is it just a vanity metric that you're after, right? And I'll tell you because that's really important. At the end of the day, when you tie this all back and you go back with your results as someone in marketing, if you can prove that that's brought dollars into the bank, then how much better is that than saying, hey, I just was number one for... Well, that's right. It all comes back to ROI. And we're going to build on that in a little bit later. But let me ask you this. So what's your thoughts around AdWords as a part of the whole SEO strategy? Great question, Craig, because I think, and this is my strategy and this is our agency strategies, if someone comes and they can't show us some evidence that they've actually tested and converted some for particular terms, we actually do a whole campaign around testing to see what words are bringing the traffic in and what's converting because we can very quickly test someone's assumption, right? If you say, look, I want to be found for XYZ and yeah, you get found for XYZ, but that leads to zero conversions, but ABC actually brings in 10 for that month. I'll probably say, forget XYZ, let's go ABC. And that's our philosophy. We have exactly the same approach. I really like that because quite often when you're starting, let's call it an SEO project, you're dealing with a marketing team and you're working with them, their boss wants results, things like that. That's really important to show some return as quickly, quickly as possible. SEO on itself, on its own, takes time. Yes. So if you can prove you get ROI and these are the terms you want to focus on, 
then you get a much more support in actually doing the longer term work of ranking for it. Yeah. And I would say, you know, that's a great way to get started and show results quickly. But another thing, if you don't do that, is you could be waiting months and years to see a result and you could get very despondent by then. All right. So what's the action item then around that challenge? It's really about, is it test and measure again? Test and measure, but also consider using channels of paid advertising to verify what you believe is true. All right, Craig, opinion of the week. I love this. And yeah. this is on the HubSpot blog. This is a really good post on the, on the HubSpot blog, as you said, just around new era SEO. And we've put this in opinion of the week because in it, the author's really detailed what he sees as three, as it's kind of three ways that SEO is changing. Now, normally when you talk about SEO, you tend to think, oh, just the Google results page. But as we know, it changes rapidly. Not only is the Google search results changing, however, the way we search for things is changing. So they actually point to three things. One of them, of course, is mobile, how mobile is changing yep. the game around what we need to focus on. That's right. Second is social. Yeah. Just things like Facebook. You know, we actually search for stuff. Facebook In hasn't, Facebook? Yes. Yeah. Facebook hasn't really promoted this side of it, much, but you can go to the search bar and search for things and yep. you're getting actually useful results. Yep. And then the third one, which you and I were chatting a lot about earlier, which I find fascinating, is the whole voice search thing. Yes. So how do you see this growing? I think voice is massive. And I, and I know when we go for Google Partner Days, they always talk about voice search. And if I tie that back into SEO, it's like... If people are going to be searching using voice, they don't go and search for single keywords, right? They actually ask a question. So example, I will say, where is the best coffee shop? I don't write coffee shop Sydney, right? Right. I don't, I don't, I don't talk to Siri and I go, Siri, car service, Newcastle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll say, where can I get my car serviced in Newcastle? Or who is the best person to service my car in Newcastle? And you got to think of it. If you can think of things in that way, because Google's looking for relevant content, right? So if someone's asked a question and you have actually created content for that, that's what's going to be found. Is it not right? That's exactly right. And I think what you're really highlighting there is around semantics as well. Yes. Uh, the, the way we search. The other really important thing to remember with voice search is generally you've got to be number one. You've got to Correct. have the first result. So at least with Google results, <clears throat> you're on page one, there's 10 results you might get a look in, right? On voice search, you've actually got to be the number one result. So that actually means the search results are going to be very specific. And it is going to be those those types of searches. They're longer, what we call longer tail. They're yes. not, just, not just one or two words, but they're like a whole question. Yeah. Normally a question format. Where can I do this? How do I do this? That kind of thing. So I guess the takeaway from this whole section, from this opinion of the week item, is if you're a marketing manager and you're thinking about these kinds of things, like the future of search and how you're optimizing your content, it really is getting specific around answering those questions that you think people are going to ask. And so putting research into those and how and the kinds of things people are asking is very important. It's going to be vital in the coming years. Fantastic tip, Craig. All right. Now, state of inbound item of the week, Craig. Actually, did we jump over one? We actually jumped over our tip we of the did. week. And this is a good one. I don't want to miss this one. <laughs> So can I just mention this? This is another blog post. I'll tell you why we jumped over it, because it's another blog post on the HubSpot blog. So this one's around technical SEO. Yes. And you know what I love about this one is that they use themselves as guinea pigs. 
It's really cool. It's a great example. Now, I'll cut to the chase. They did technical SEO. We'll explain what that is in a second and boosted their traffic by 50%, which seems incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, read that because I think there are lots of things that you can do on your site that can make a massive difference. So, one of the resources we're going to point you to is the website grader. So, that's at website.grader.com. And what will happen, you can actually put your website in there and it'll grade it and it grades it on a few different parts. But you can do that with any site that you've got. And I encourage you to do that because you will straight away get some insight into what things you can improve on your site straight away that will change that number and can make a big difference. It's a really useful little tool, actually. I, I, I really like it. Even I'll tell you one of the simplest things it highlights how heavy your homepage is. Yes. Or, or the page that you've put in to yep. check, but normally you'd put in your homepage. Sometimes, and I see this even on big corporate sites, it's amazing how often this happens, things like they've got massive images on yes. their homepage yes. and like their homepage is 10 megs in size yep. or something like that. Now, no one knows. They, you know, Someone content author just uploaded an image. They didn't optimize it, that kind of thing. Just pop it into website grader and check that out. It'll highlight that straight away because that affects speed and also that's the user experience. Yeah. That's right. So you just think people are really short of time and they don't want to hang around for longer than about two to three seconds. If your website takes longer to load, you're going to lose them before they even get there. That's exactly right. Now, just going back to some of the technical, well, like what is technical SEO? And I think this blog post is really good at highlighting some of the technical issues that they had. And what's interesting is that, well, HubSpot guys, they're in inbound marketing. And even at the start of the post, the author's saying, look, it's kind of a bit embarrassing that yeah. this kind of happened. But I love that they do it. Yes. I'm actually going to say in the, in the big sites that we deal with, we've done some massive audits on, on huge government sites. Yep. We actually find that the bigger the site, the more the, the greater the, the more the content authors, yeah. the more likely it is for problems. Yes. So you would think the opposite, right? You'd think, oh, a small business owner, oh, they don't have time to look after the site. It's probably really bad. Quite often, small business owners have actually got this all worked out. Correct. It's the bigger sites, the mid to large and the enterprises, yes. where it's just been such a huge site with so many different authors that these things can get out of whack. That's where technical SEO is really important because they go through and look at some of these items that yes. can be fixed. And a lot of them are not hard, Craig. You know, it's like making sure you've got the right heading tags, right? You've got the correct URLs. <laughs> You've named your images correctly. Things like that. Or, as HubSpot found, just that they had all these links going to a page that was not, not found. found. Massive. All they, all they had to do was get their redirects in And I'm going to guess. I'd love to know what the breakdown of all their things that contributed to yes. their I reckon lift. I actually think it's the not found probably contributed a lot of it. A lot of that redirects, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure it was. So, so the tip there, especially with these redirects, is make sure that if you've got content or you've got things that have changed, make sure the redirects are in place to the updated content or to new pages. And this is very critical if you're launching a new site or you've upgraded the site and you've gone from a very old site into a new one. Make sure all those old URLs have the 301 redirects in place so you don't lose your traffic. I totally agree. And the, the, the action item I'll say, if you're a marketing manager and you're listening to this and it's like, oh, all this technical side, what a 301 redirect, like what is, I don't, I've kind of heard. It's not that you actually personally have to know all this technical stuff and the nitty gritty of it. But what you should need to appreciate or the takeaway from this is it actually can have a big impact. So make sure- To the, your bottom line. Yeah, well, to traffic, to conversions, to the way, yeah, as you said, the ROI of the site- 
talk to your agency or your SEO consultant and make sure that they're on top of this kind of stuff. And you, you'll see the you'll see the improvements. All right, now to the state of inbound. Okay, so what are we looking at here? So on page twenty, so we're going to tie this back to SEO. So on page twenty three in the inbound report, it talked about the best in class marketing practices. And I'll read a quick quote on page 29. So there's a whole section about this, but I tied this back because it has a lot to do with results. So it says, leading marketers check their analytics frequently. So we did discuss this a while back, but again, when we're doing all of these things with search optimization and maybe paid advertising, you need to always look at the results and the figures that are happening because you can very quickly tell if something's wrong. More often than not, People don't realize because they don't look at their numbers. And I think the biggest thing is being aware of what's going on. And by looking at analytics, you can actually figure out, you know, what's going on? Has something changed on your site? Is there a bit of content that people are looking for that's disappeared when they switched over the site? And this will tell you how the health is of your site. So I think it's really important when we think about inbound that we're measuring and monitoring the health and we're being on top of that. I really like that. And I also really like how you tie that back to that earlier challenge where, okay, are we actually focusing on the real things that give a return? And as you said, with paid search, did it drive traffic that actually delivered on business outcomes, right? And so then here, the focus on ROI, it should always be on ROI. Did we get a return from it? Okay, that lets us do more testing, or it does mean we can put the budget into ranking for some of those competitive terms. Yeah. So you know what? And I'll, I think we had a good little phrase here is that leading marketers focus on ROI and then reap the rewards that it brings. So if you do that, you will win. I like it. All right. Motivation of the week, Craig. Okay. So what we've been talking about is SEO and ROI and SEO is changing and it's getting harder and there's all these different, we're going to look at some of the resources in the, in the next couple of shots that we look at. But when you hear all of this and you hear the technical things and that, you could you could choose to be a bit despondent. Oh, it's too hard. There's too many things. It's changing too quick. It's too competitive, all these things. Where do I get the information? Where do I get the information? All of these kind of things. I actually want to say no. I don't think that's the case because there's as even that case study from HubSpot in yep. shows yes. one of the leaders – they can actually get massive improvements just by putting a bit of focus on this. So the game's not over. It's not like you're too late to the game. So the motivation that I see for marketing managers listening to this is there's still big windows of opportunities yes. to be to be had. What has changed, though, is if it's an ultra-competitive short-term, you probably won't get those, okay? So that's over. However, for these longer tail terms and for these other search types, there's plenty of opportunity. So I actually think that's really motivating. Mm. SEO is still very relevant, but it's not the old school SEO. It's the new stuff. Yep. So, yeah, use that as um, motivation to get to take action. Now, I'll just add a little adjunct to that. Mm. Google Webmaster Tools, we didn't make a mention of that. We haven't. And it's really important because if you own the site or your company has a website, that is the way that Google communicates to the site owner. So I know a lot of businesses we deal with actually never have that installed or configured. 
I would encourage you to go do that because it's a way to find out if your site has a penalty or has malware and what Google is thinking of your website. So do that if there's nothing else you I do. I totally agree, especially highlighting errors. It'll, yes. t- it'll tell you the errors, pages that are giving errors. Exactly. So, yeah, well said. We'll definitely put that in our list of resources. So it's a fantastic, great place to start when you're starting to do all of this stuff. Okay, Craig resource of the week we've got a few of these today yeah so these are actually resources of the week because there's so many good resources on seo and tools to use but we've just chosen a few which kind of highlight a few areas that we think are important yeah so firstly we've got a site called ahrefs and they talk about keyword research yeah so this is a really good blog post outlining a process for keyword research, okay? And keyword research, just to, I guess, summarize it, is the the process of looking for keyword terms or search terms that are actually achievable and relevant to yes. your business, okay? And we all, we all have these kind of seed terms, we think, you know, blue widget. I want yes. to rank the blue widget. It's, it's ultra competitive, but there might be actually variations on that. So this is a process. Yes. We're not going to go through it now, but this is one of the best posts I've seen on recently, just on what keyword research is and how to use it. So I very much recommend, again, for marketing managers, you don't have to do this yourself. Get but your agency understand. to do it, but understand the process and why it's important. Now, the next one is the HubSpot website grader, which is recently relaunched. And I think the action item from there is run your site, run any sites that you have access that you might want to, even competing sites that you might want to actually measure yourself against and see what your outcome is and take that away and make a change. Nice one. Um, one of our favorites, uh, another resource is Moz's uh, search ranking factors. Yes. Now, they do this every year. They basically compile a list of what they consider to be the main <coughs> ranking factors to rank in Google. And it's always interesting reading. can be overwhelming because there's hundreds of different yes, factors. That's right, but yeah. just focusing on the top 10 yeah. is really useful. And generally, what what are the two kind of categories they, the things tend me, to fall into? Let me guess, content yes. and links. That's it. So it's around content usefulness, which is about how remarkable it is, how engaging it is. And then it's also about links, which is, why don't we explain links? Like we talk about links. What, what are the importance of links? It's showing authority, right? So I often, I'll use this analogy. If we're out networking together, and everybody in the room knows you, Craig, and I know that you're really great at inbound marketing and you're giving me lots of value. Everybody I meet, I'm going to say, hey, everyone, you need to go talk to Craig. I'll talk to Bill. I'll talk to Jane. I'll say, you need to go talk to Craig because he knows what he's talking about. And that's essentially a link. It's like a, it's like saying how, how, how much value you're providing and how great that is. And so you're also, in doing that, it's telling Google, oh, hang on all these people are talking about Craig, you know, obviously what he's got is good. And that's essentially sending a signal to Google to say there's great value there and therefore people are sharing it, linking to it, et cetera. Nice. They're kind of like votes of confidence, aren't they? Yes, it is. And so the higher the quality of the sites that are linking to you, the more kind of votes they give you. Yeah. So that's why we often talk about links and that's, you know, how we said SEO is remarkable content promoted well. That's where links fit in, in the promoted well. Other sites promoting you by Correct. linking to you. So that's, that's all part of it. Now, the next one is also from Moz, but it's to do with local search ranking factors. And why I wanted to highlight this was there are lots of businesses that work on a very local level. So they might even be a national business. They might have multiple outlets. 
but they're still serving the local community. And so there are lots of other factors that go into local search, things like your Google local listing, even reviews on Yelp, other sites that are out there could be even on True Local, for example. So just think about that because all of that ties it together. And again, it's like those links we were talking about, <laughs> they're pointing back to your site. So even like if, if I was to tell you one thing that you could do is do a search for yourself on Google, go and have a look in the, especially your maps listing and your local listing, they're all tied together. Make sure you've actually updated it. Like it has your website, has the correct opening times. It has pictures of stuff that you yes, do, pictures where you're located. Yep. Now, another little insight into this, there is Google has a program with Google certified photographers. Now, this is a great thing. If you have a showroom or a dealership, you can get them to come and do basically do a virtual tour around your dealership, your showroom, your office, and that'll be uploaded. So it's basically a street view in your office. I love this tip. We mentioned this way back in one of our earlier episodes. We did. It's so worth highlighting again. We'll put a link to that as well as um, Google certified photographers. I love that tip. Nice one. So yeah, local is very important. That's an excellent resource as well. And the next one, we'll just quickly highlight this. It's a, another Google tool. It's a page insights. So this tells you how fast things are loading, where the problems are on your site, if it's mobile or if it's not. So it's a great way to start. Just stick in the URL. You'll get a whole report out, which you can then share with your developers and people in your team on how you can improve things. Nice one. And our final resource of the week, resources of the week, actually, section should have been, is that Backlinko article that we mentioned last week. And I I really like this one almost in tandem with that Moz one about search ranking factors because it highlights some of the key things that are working well. For example, longer content that's well-written and well-structured tends to rank higher than shorter snippets. Uh, I shouldn't use snippets. That's a misleading term. But shorter um, Which is really posts, interesting, yeah. isn't it? Like I often get amazed. Even on LinkedIn, it's the same thing. They analyze the length of the posts and it's the longer ones that get a better better viewing i guess yeah well you know what's interesting i remember reading some now this is a bit off off topic but i just it just reminded me of this um i remember reading around engagement stats where they said that longer posts really long posts they noticed they didn't actually get read much but they got shared extensively and it was it was kind of like a, a virtuous virtuous cycle because people saw oh it's really long must be, must be good i'll share it and then other people click through it and then oh yeah that's right oh i'll link to it right so I think that's kind of everyone's writing long content now. So now people are a bit more discerning. But it was kind of one of those interesting side effects that yeah. affected it. But I guess overall, though, don't just write long content that's padded out with Make sure it rubbish. adds value. But if it's really yes. well written, yeah, remarkable and, content. And, you know, a little tip, and I think I share this with you. I love reading caradvice.com.au. And one of the things I've noticed that they've started doing is that they have, they obviously have quite in-depth reviews of cars and, and the automotive industry. And one thing I did notice was that they were really breaking up their content with images and text all the way through. So even on a mobile, it was really easy to consume. So I didn't have like copious amounts of text, but there was always a bit of an image somewhere in my peripheral vision, which I thought was really interesting because they had lots of sliders before, but now it just seem to be lots of single pictures scattered throughout the text. Right. And I think that does lead to like a maturity of reading. It's kind of like we, especially if you're using analytics, you can now tell whether people do read right to the end, whether they are actually engaged. So where I was just saying really long content, right? 
now they're getting a bit more discerning about, yeah, it's actually, it might be long, but people are actually reading it. And so that whole engagement piece is feeding back into the rankings as well. All right, Craig. Now. Community item of the week. I think we'll finish with this. This was really interesting, really quick one. Damesh talked about from HubSpot whether medium, whether it's good to cross-post your content. Your content. Yeah. Like you've written great content. We all yep. know about the problems with duplicate content. Yes. What about sharing it on some of these platforms? Medium is one of them. I love Medium. You've probably we've chatted about. You told me about it. Thank you. So, um, really interesting thread to read. I guess the 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 key takeaway was yes, syndicate elsewhere where readers are because if they'll get value out of it, as long as you've linked back to your original source, you won't get the duplicate content issues. Yeah, Google knows which was the original, but you still will get readers and more traffic back. Yeah, and I guess even talking about that, LinkedIn would be exactly the same. Yes. So there you go. So go have a look at those two mediums and see how you can syndicate your content. All right, Craig, time to wrap it up. Now, I really love your little saying about SEO, so I'm going to leave this to you. Well, as we said, SEO is remarkable content promoted well. But as we always say, it's all about the right content in the right format to the right people at the right time. And SEO is just a big part of that. Thank you, Craig. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you've got any comments, please tweet us, leave a comment on our blog, and we look forward to seeing you next week. See you next week, mate. See you, Craig. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.